Welcome to What's Next, Cornet Global's podcast that puts members on the mic for thought-provoking, profession-shaping conversations and commentary. In this episode, Tim Venable, Senior Vice President of Knowledge and Research at Cornet Global, interviews Steve Quick, Chief Executive of Global Occupier Services at Cushman and Wakefield, about the importance of focusing on diversity and inclusion in the corporate real estate profession. Thanks, Steve, very much for talking with us today about diversity and inclusion in corporate real estate. Thanks for for asking me. Yes, sir. So here's my first question. What demographic changes have you seen in the corporate real estate workforce during your career? Well, I think there's a a few demographic changes that that uh, that I've seen and that I've seen in corporate real estate. One is uh, there's there's a noticeably um, higher number of women that are participating in corporate real estate. Um, I recently saw a study that, uh, and it was a couple years old actually, and it was 43% of of uh, corporate real estate industry is is made up of women, and I think that increased more than more than uh, 10% over the last uh, several years. So. That's certainly something we've seen from a demographic perspective. I think we're still underrepresented for with people of color. I think we've made some improvement there, but I think there's a long way to go. Um, the other thing that we've seen is that you know the age, the the, the age uh, spectrum of people in our industry has grown quite a bit. As you know, we're a relatively young industry, and uh, as we've as we've arguably have evolved the industry over the last 25 years, we've got people that are you know that really range from maybe later career to very early career. Um, so that's something, too, that I've, I've definitely seen, is that the, the spectrum of, of, of age uh, demographic is, is broadened. And I think, I think maybe the last, one of the last ones, uh, Tim, is that as we've defined corporate real estate much more broadly over the last several years than we used to, um, I also see uh, really a broader skill set of people, everyone from, from engineers to finance background, legal background, hospitality background, and and I think that's also a uh, an interesting demographic change. So, so I think those four areas of gender, color, age, and, and background have been noticeable. Mm-hmm. Sure. So changes are occurring, progress has been made. In, in your opinion, uh, has corporate real estate really fully evolved to keep pace with that more diverse workplace that we're seeing? You know, um, how is it progressing along with other, you know, key professions or industries? Is is there something that uh, corporate real estate could be doing better than it is right now? Well, I think objectively we probably can. Like like anything, there's pockets of, of strength and there's pockets, pockets of weakness. But I think, in a word, have we kept up with with and we kept pace, the answer is probably no. I think we have some opportunity. Um, like I said, I think we've done some some good things um, in some areas, but but I think all in all, we're probably a bit behind uh, in that in that that spectrum. Sure. Okay. Why is it important for corporate real estate organizations to focus on diversity? Well, I think, you know, first of all, I think that. Um, you know, for, we're obviously in a in a period where finding the best talent is key, and and at the heart of it, the corporate real estate industry is a, is a people business. So, really, just you know, if you think about attracting the best talent, it's very important to have the broadest perspective and the great DNI program that everyone feels feels included, and you've got just a, a broader set of of candidates. Um, I think that also applies to retaining that talent. 
Um, and another thing I, I think that's really, um, really important in a real, I think we're actually in a unique position as an industry, and that is that when we can gather people with various diverse backgrounds together to, to solve problems, innovate, et cetera, I think we end up with much better results. There's all kinds of studies that show that, but I think we've also seen that and felt that in our, our own professional organization. So, you know, I think beyond just, just retaining and attracting the best talent, I also think just coming up with the best outcomes, it's really important to have a, a, a diverse culture where you're making those decisions and, and, and innovating. Can you think of any best practices, Steve, when it comes to developing a diversity and inclusion program in a CRE organization? Any thoughts there about best practices? Um, yeah, I think there's a couple of things. I think, you know, first of all, um, I think as people think about this, uh, there was a recent study uh, that's reading that 85% of uh, uh, a survey of CEOs said they had a formal diversity and inclusion program, which is which is great, and I think it shows the the focus and the importance that people are are uh, have in this area. Um, but I, I think one of the one of the best practices, one of the things people need to balance that enthusiasm with is really asking themselves, is it a business strategy or is it an HR initiative? And I think that you know, the, the companies that treat this like a business strategy are going to be much more successful, and they're also going to sustain this culture, and it won't be an initiative. So that's one of the things that I think is, is a best practice, is really, really being deliberate and intentional about making sure it's a, it's a business strategy. I, al mm -hmm. I also think one of the things that's really important is is that this needs to start at the top. Uh, and, 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 and what I mean by that is I think you know, senior leadership needs to communicate that it is a business strategy and why it's an essential business strategy. Uh, and I think that helps quite a bit to accelerate the, the acceptance of a, a DNI strategy and to, to really build it into the core culture of, of, a, of a company. And, and I also think one of the things that, that we've learned is regardless of where you're at in that spectrum, start by just understanding what your baseline is and measuring that baseline so that you can be objective and transparent about, about uh, improvements, quite frankly, um, and, and, and show to the organization that it is very deliberate and it's here to stay. So I think those are, those are a few things um, that I can think of. Sure, okay. Now, your company, Steve Cushman and Wakefield, is a leader in the field. Um, doubtless, you guys have a diversity and inclusion Program, could you speak to some of the things that that you're doing in this regard? Yeah, happy to. Um, you know, like I said earlier, one of the things that that we did is we we started at the at the top of the organization, and our global management board sat down and uh, first of all agreed this was a very very important strategic um, initiative um, and uh, something we wanted to be part of our core culture, both near term and long term. And so, you know, when I talk about starting from the top, that, that meant it was more than uh, even a brief discussion. It involved uh, with the Global Management Board training off-sites, et cetera, to really get that going. Um, you know, and today we have, we have six employee resource groups, and each one of those is sponsored by someone in that Global Management Board. So we've got, mm -hmm. you know, we've got a resource group um, build, which is around our, our black associates, which I happen to, to be the sponsor of. We've got a women's group, a Hispanic group, LGBTQ group, veterans group, young leaders group. And each one of those six resource groups is, is, uh, is sponsored by someone on the global management board. So that's something that I think we found to be 
really effective way to, again, just walk the talk and, uh, and make sure that everyone stays involved. A uh, couple of things that we've done that I think others can, can benefit from is we've, we're at a point now where we are demanding a diverse slate of candidates when we're trying to fill open positions. We're making sure that we also have that interview panel is also a diverse group of people that are assessing the, 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 that role. Um, mm -hmm. Spend a lot of time on training um, and awareness. Uh, we celebrate diversity, and and so you know, there's a lot of like anything like this. There's a lot of different aspects of it, but we've really baked into our culture and really part of our our daily lexicon. Uh, you know, we've this last year we were um, voted America's best employers for diversity in 2019 by Forbes, oh, and then also the best places. Yeah, and then also the best places to work for LGBTQ equality, and so. We're real proud of that because we've been at this a few years, and to see that that uh, that progress on accolades has been has been terrific. Fantastic! That's great to hear. So you guys have obviously made a lot of progress and have some good programs underway. What about a Cornet Global uh, member company um, that's just getting started on this and they want to develop their own diversity and inclusion program? What advice would you have for them? What what would be the the first step to take to get underway? Uh, like I mentioned before, I think assessing where you're at and getting that, that starting and that, that starting point to that baseline is really important. So I think the first step is, is you know, whether it's, whether it's through uh, employee engagement surveys or some other way, really understand what your starting point is. Um, I think it's the first step. And then, and then I think the, you know, again, have that, have that top level um, discussion and buy-in, make sure that you do uh, ensure that it is a, that it is truly a business strategy, and you talk to why it's an important business strategy. Uh, and I think one of the other things that people sometimes misstep on is that they they get uh, they get really enthused about doing this, and they maybe take on too much. So after some initial mm -hmm. steps, I would I, what we've learned is to start small. You know, pick one or two employees resource groups, pick one or two metrics, and go after that, and be very transparent about the results. I think that just builds momentum and. And transparency, and it, and it doesn't, uh, uh, you know, it's it's just a better way to sustain it and build a build build momentum. Excellent. Well, those are some great insights, Steve. And uh, thank you very much for speaking with us today on what's a very important uh, topic for our profession. This concludes this episode of What's Next. Want to record a podcast of your own? Have an idea or point of view you'd like to share? Visit CornetGlobal.org to learn more.